Episode 131, The Birds and the Bees. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And I just have to say, in all honesty, this is my most favorite hour of the week. Yes. Other than those times when we have sex. Yeah, but I'm just talking like like the one hour that I know is going to happen in almost the exact same time every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when we have sex, like, I mean, it could be, you know, 15 minutes. It could be an hour. I mean, there's, it, it's kind of all varied, but this hour. Yes. Ish. 45 minutes, hour-ish. Um, yeah. It's like, okay, boom, I'm getting my connection on. That's it. We you are. Know? And uh, just welcome to all of you. We know we've got a lot of new listeners um, we're happy that you're with us. Those of you that have been with us a long time, we're thrilled that you're, you're still with us, uh, because we know that, you know, you're adding to this community and, and you're spreading the word. And we just, we thank you for that. Um, you know, from time to time, we just feel the need to let you know how much you're appreciated. Yep. Um, you, and, got it. you know, we just actually spoke, uh, we had posted a few I guess about a month ago, a month and a half ago, when we were on Parent Savers. Yes. Um, another new uh, podcast. Podcast. Thank you. I'm like, I'm, I want to say blog, and I'm like, it's not a blog, Parent Savers. And we were actually um, talking to KC, the one who interviewed us today. We actually. Um, the show host. The show host. Wow. We're recording this a little bit later than we usually do. And apparently my brain has stopped working. Um, we were talking to Casey, who was the show host today, and she was just sharing some good news with us that we are in the top five of their most downloaded podcasts. And yeah. so that was just great to hear. And I'm sure a lot of you um, are coming to us from Parent Saver. So if you are welcome and, and those of you that have stumbled across us on iTunes or, you know, your friends posted something that we put up on Facebook and you're like, okay, I got to go check out what these people are doing. Um, you're in for a wild adventure because no two weeks with the DiLorenzo's are ever the same. Um, and you just never know what you're going to get never when you know. tune into us. So welcome. And, and tonight's episode, today's episode, uh, the birds and the bees. We have had so many conversations over the last couple of weeks talking with couples about what information we did or did not receive from our parents growing up. And for those of us that were raised in church, um, also kind of the influence that that brought to, you know, how we view sex and marriage. And what, what information we got. Or didn't get. Or didn't get. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's just, it, it, somebody was asking me the other day, like, how do you come up with your topics for your shows? I said, well, usually it's a result of a conversation that one or both of us have had with somebody or repeated conversations that all seem to happen around the same theme. Mm-hmm. And that's very much where this episode is coming from in that, you know, Tony and I are in our late 30s. Um, you know, w- most of our friends are kind of in this late 20s to 40-ish, 50, early 50s, couple of kids. We're all kind of doing life at about the same place. Mm-hmm. We know those of you listening are everywhere from young 20-something singles to those of you that are, I'm not going to say you're old, you're just in your 60s and 70s. We know right. you're all out there. We've got a wide spectrum. Um, but we know the information that we received and did not receive growing up on 
sucks. I, I love it the way you tell your story. So you tell your story first. I, oh, my story of my dad. First and foremost, I want to just say, hey, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. That goes to our email box. And Elisa and I both are able to see that because we know many of you want to reach out. So please do info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You can also call us at any time. Do not worry about if you're on the other side of the world. We're here in San Diego, California. It goes straight to a Google voicemail account. So you're not going to wake us up. So don't worry about it. Pick up your phone. You can call 858-876-5663. And for those of you who are on Facebook a lot, you can always go to facebook.com slash one extraordinary marriage. And right there on the right hand corner, it says message. You can hit the little message and you can message us there. So you can get to us in many different ways. So how did I learn about the birds and the bees? There's a couple of ways that I learned about the birds and the bees. And the story that Elisa is talking about is the one my father repeated to me numerous times as a teenager. And, I, you know, I don't remember when it started. I want to say it was probably freshman year in high school, somewhere in that time frame. Um, definitely remember it as I was getting ready to graduate from high school and go on to college. My dad would tell me, Tone, don't get a girl pregnant. Okay, but you got you to picture this, this Italian accent. I mean, it's just... <laughs> and my dad's about four or five inches shorter than me, smaller than me. He, it's just, I, it's a visual. I know you guys can't I'm, see it over the radio, but it's just... <laughs> One of these days I'll get a picture with my dad. I love the man. But that's that's how my parents talk to me about the birds and the bees. The other way I got it, for those of you who haven't listened back to episode seven, that was my, my episode and Elise and I talked about my addiction to pornography. That is where I learned about sex. At an age of 12, that's when I first, uh, I first saw my first Playboy or Hustler or one of those. And from there, it went to XXX movies, more magazines. That's where I learned sex. And I don't remember ever having a conversation with my parents about... None? I don't remember it at all. I do remember... So I was I was raised in Catholic schools. Um, I started attending Catholic schools when I was in second grade and went all the way through high school. And I do remember... Um, Gosh, it had to have been, I think it was fifth or sixth grade. There was a health class okay. and, you know, it was very much the birds and the bees. This is how you make a baby type of thing. But, you know, here, here was always the kind of thing that we would joke about in our, in, I went to a small Catholic school. There was one grade for, or one class for every grade. And some of our classes were taught by sisters, mm-hmm. by nuns. And I remember that sister Linda was my teacher at the time that we had this, it wasn't even a video. I mean, we had the old, I'm old enough that we had the old reels, you know, the things that, you know, you got to like feed it through and all this kind of stuff. But I remember that coming in and I remember watching this movie and then it's the whole, let's separate the girl, you know. Yeah. You know what? That's right. That would be my third way was in school and your parents had to sign off on it. My parents did anyways. My, I remember cause this was probably like eighth grade. My parents had to sign off on that to allow me to watch, watch the, the video. video. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the parents having to sign off, but um, I do remember, you know, the girls are separated and the boys are separated and the girls have sister yeah. Linda. 
talking to us about sex. Okay, see, Tony just made the face of, how do you have... A sister. A sister teaching you about sex. And um, and then, you know, it was people talking in high school, you mm-hmm. know, because, I mean, people got pregnant in high school and, you know, everybody kind of knew who was doing what with whom. Um, and then I went to college. And right. I did all kinds of discovering on my own. Um, so... You know, it's funny because we've had these conversations with so many people kind of in our age group and we're hearing the same things over and over and over again. Eh, you know, my parents didn't talk to me about sex or, you know, once they found out I was having sex, then, you know, literally, you know, the junk hit the fan and all, all hell broke loose. You and, know, and those types of reactions. Right. And, and more importantly, we're giving you this to make you think back of, okay, how did you learn about it? Mm-hmm. And... Here's the pivot point. Here's the shift. Is that how do you, how do you bring what you learned as a teenager or even younger mm-hmm. and how do you bring that into your marriage? Right? Because that's the big thing. That's where the conversations that we've been having mm-hmm. go to because it's the well my parents and, and and I don't know who this is from or what, but, you know, my parents, when they told me about it, it was dirty. Mm-hmm. It was, it was nasty. Um, my genitalia, it's bad. It's ugly. And these images and these thoughts from a very young, tender age have probably affected you into your marriage. Well, we know they do because we hear from so many of you. They're like, how do I overcome this? And I remember when we were in Michigan, yes. um, speaking at this marriage retreat, I did have a older gentleman, definitely, a, you know, I got the impression that he was a parent, um, asking me the question, well, when do we stop? How do we teach our kids or when do we teach our kids that sex is not bad? And, and I answered him saying, we shouldn't be teaching our kids that sex is bad in the first place. You might not want your children to have sex outside of marriage. And that's the lesson really that you want to give them that, that sex is a gift from God. It is, you know, it's placed within the covenant of marriage Mm -hmm. for a reason, because when we start giving ourselves out here and there and to this partner, to that partner, um, you lose a little bit of yourself. Yep. Whether you want to believe it or not, when you start having multiple partners and, and you've, you've made that choice to be intimate, physically intimate with somebody, and then it doesn't work out, well, guess what? A part of you goes with that person. And that's hard. So what I explained to this gentleman was, I want my children to know that I want them to have sex within the covenant of marriage. Sex in and of itself is not a bad thing. And the sooner we start teaching our kids and working on changing our own mindset that sex is not bad. Right the healthier we're going to be in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, is that we've got a generation <laughs> of which we're a part of who has been taught that either we don't talk about it or if we do talk about it, it's not a good thing because, you know, you can get pregnant or you can get diseases or, you know, just stay away. Just, it's bad. And then they're married and they're supposed to flip this light switch And suddenly, you know, have at it, be happy about it, and go at it like gangbusters. You know, it's supposed to be this great thing because you're married now, but you've got all this mental baggage. 
that comes in and we hear from so many of you that are dealing with this on such a deep and painful level that, that we know we've got to address the issue of, okay, what are the messages that we've been given and what, what do we start doing to change those messages? When I was raised Catholic. We weren't supposed to have sex. Sex was bad. You know, I might not have heard it from my parents, but I definitely heard it from the church. I definitely heard it in school. Right. Right. Now we're not saying that, hey, go off and tell your kids to go have sex before marriage. Don't, don't misconstrue the message here. We're not saying that. What we're saying, though, is for those of you who do have kids, think about where you have come from and what learning you were given. And do you want your children to be in that same spot? So ju- just think about that. But more importantly, we need to talk to you about you and what you learned mm-hmm. so that you can flip the switch and you can have the extraordinary sex that you desire in your marriage. Right. Because that's the big thing, right? We want that sexual intimacy with our spouse. We want it to be passionate. We want it to be romantic. We want it to be just this bonding experience, but we have so much of this baggage on us that we can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. And that's the tough part. And it's, it's not one that's going to just go away with a snap of a finger. It just isn't. We wish it could. I mean, truly, I wish it could. Don't don't get me wrong, man. I lived in fear of having sex for a long time because of what my dad told me. I mean, lived in fear. I didn't understand until I finally, you know, read some books and talked to buddies and learned about it. And, oh, okay. But still, even then, that got brought into my relationship and my marriage with Elisa. Because, and don't forget, that pornography addiction that I had for many years, that also was being brought into my marriage and what I viewed a healthy sexual relationship to be. Mm -hmm. It's not healthy what happens in triple X movies. But again, that in my mind had me at a point where I couldn't shift for many years, for many, many years, you know, it's been eight years since I've gone off and away from pornography and by far the, the sex is better than it's ever been. And it gets better because of that. So what can you do to start making that shift? Well, and, and part of it starts with acknowledging and having those conversations with your spouse about how you were, you know, what was the, what was the message as you were being raised? How was sex viewed in your family? How, you know, did you see your, I mean, some people have written us saying they've never seen their parents, you know, go so far as to hold hands or even kiss. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so then all of a sudden they're trying to, you know, to be in this relationship, this marriage where, you know, one spouse wants to be very affectionate and that's not the model. And so it's, it's acknowledging, Hey, you know what? I, I didn't see that. I want to have it, but I didn't see it. So we're going to do baby steps, right? you know, and, and for a lot of you overcoming the messages that you received as a child, as a teenager from school, from home, you're going to have to take baby steps. But so much guys of what we talk about goes back to having that communication with your spouse to say, this is where I'm coming from. 
This is who I am. This is, you know, this is the stuff I'm bringing into this relationship. Mm-hmm. My parents, you know, they told me sex was bad. And so I kind of feel like eh, it's kind of this like weird thing. Or they told me that, you know what? my genitalia that's just dirty it's gross it's whatever and so i'm having a hard time like you know wanting to look at you or wanting to touch you or you know and so you start with it's kind of like we've talked about you know when you talk about like how far you're going to go sexually and we say you only go as far as the most conservative spouse the same thing kind of applies when you're talking about moving past some of these barriers it's going to be baby steps and you just go as far as that one partner is able to go. Right. The thing that I would tell the partner that is, that is struggling is that you have to keep moving forward. You can't allow yourself to be crippled by that baggage. You have your own story to write, so don't let somebody else's story keep replaying and cripple your marriage. You know, your parents, your educators, your buddies, your whomever may not have had the accurate information about what sex is, how it feels, what your body looks like. You know, people, people like to put their own spin on things. It's what we do. And some people do that in ter- you know, for power, for control. They want to manipulate the situation. The fact of the matter is, is that, you know, sex can be an amazingly beautiful gift between a married couple. It can. And it can be one of those things where, you know, I mean, there's a reason that artists have painted and sculpted and done everything with the human body for, you know, centuries. It's because the human body is a pretty amazing thing. Mm hmm. And it's beautiful and people have revered it in its, you know, as a naked art form for forever. So just, you know, a couple people thinking that it looks ugly or it's bad. Don't buy into that. Start by, t- you know, being, you know, explore yourself. Like stand in front of a mirror and acknowledge who you are. See your spouse. See your spouse naked and say, Oh my gosh, you know, revel in who they are. You know, the attractiveness that we have in our, you know, that we see in our spouses, that's more than just what's above the neck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I was, I was doing, you know, just as an aside, I was doing a jewelry party a couple weeks ago and, and my hostess was telling me, she's like, yeah, you know, one of the first things I ever noticed about my husband was his calf muscles. And I was like, okay, you know, because I'm thinking Tony's got great calf muscles too. And I totally get the whole calf muscle thing. And it was so funny because her husband came in to like, I don't know, he was taking their daughter out. And so he came in to give her a kiss and he turns around and I'm like, hmm. And I like, you know, kind of tilt my head and I'm watching him walk out the room and I look at her and I'm like, you know what? He does have great calf muscles. And she just gave me this huge grin. But you know what? I mean, that's below the neck. You know, and it wasn't like I was checking him out. I was just like, you know what? What is she? I want to see what she sees in him. You know, I love hearing spouses brag on each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love the way his hands are or, I, you know, the way her arm, you know, if she's got really defined arms or whatever it is, the way her hair, just the way she smiles or, I mean, there are so many things we appreciate about our spouses and it's okay. And we encourage you to appreciate them naked. 
crazy concept for some of you guys that are just like, I can't handle being naked in front of my spouse. I like turn off the lights. I hop into bed. I strip off my clothes. Maybe we get close enough to have sex and then I throw my clothes back on and oh, it's over. Celebrate each other, you guys. Yeah. You know, God gave you this spouse. This person's a gift. Start thinking of them as a gift. That means all of them. That means, you know, whether... Okay, Tony does not have good-looking feet. And this is something that was brought to my attention the very first summer we started dating. Because, do you remember Riva? Yes. Yes. So, it's just, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, my feet are not gorgeous either, but Riva, this girl that was in our, um, the internship program with me, Tony was walking around wearing probably his Tevas one day, and she comes up to me, and she's like, um that boy does not have good looking feet and he should not be wearing anything that shows his toes. <laughs> and, you know, I really didn't think anything of it, you know, cause I was just like, okay, but there's so much other great stuff about, I mean, those are his toes, right. you know, whether they're covered or uncovered, big deal. Do I love his, I, you know, his feet are his feet. That's part of who he is. I celebrate it. His feet have walked from Mexico to Canada and biked hundreds of miles and his feet have done amazing things. Your spouse, their body has done amazing things. Look at them. Look at yourself. What have you done? You know, maybe you're a woman that has birthed children. Okay, that's a pretty amazing feat to be able to carry a baby. And maybe you don't look the way you did before you had babies, but you know what? You carried a life. Celebrate that. Don't beat yourself up because you didn't look like you did on your wedding day. It's okay. You know what? He loves you. He loves you for who you are and what you have brought to the marriage. You know, maybe you're not as fit as you used to be. That's a choice. You know, you guys have heard us talk enough about fitness and nutrition on the show to know that if you're getting a little bit softer than you want to be, you know, you can check out, you know, everything that we've got going on at Fit Marriage. But you can make a choice if you want to be toner. If not, and you're feeling uncomfortable because of that, talk to your spouse. Maybe it doesn't even bug them. Maybe it's all in your head. Because guess what? We play out a lot of crazy junk in our head. We do. We play all kinds of, you know, broken records that just play the same message over and over again. And basically the message boils down to I'm not worthy. Right. And a lot of those messages were brought to us, you know, when we were teenagers by our parents, possibly by folks in the church, you know, when we're, we're, when we are at that age, when we're trying to learn about our sexuality and we never got a grip on it, we weren't told truthfully and honestly about it. And because of that, we bring that baggage into the marriage. And like Elisa said earlier, it's really important that the two of you do talk about this and how you were taught about sex. How did you learn about it? Because I think it'll give you a lot of good insights on, on your spouse right now, where they're at. And you can start looking and going, okay, now I'm understanding why you have the propensity to, you know, pull away when I get close to you. Maybe, Hey, maybe you were called a whore or a slut. That can carry a lot of baggage, especially if it came from somebody you really trusted. 
you know, for a guy, man, you could have been, you know, you could have been called, I don't know, what do they used to call guys? I can't even think of. I think the thing with guys is that it was always sort of, you know, a notch on their belt. I mean, it was, I like, I don't know. No, I mean, I remember guys that were just, I remember in college anyways, I remember guys that were just too much. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know what we called them or anything, but it was just like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, I used to look at some of those guys and just go, stop, man. I mean, I don't see it as being a notch on your belt. I never did. Not not for me anyways. But I think guys can get labeled as well and carry those same feelings, the same baggage, the same records that are playing in their mind over and over again into their marriage, you know? And so the conversation is, is really key when you're talking about the birds and the bees with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's get, let's get back down to the basic here is that we both came from different backgrounds. We both came from different parents who raised us differently, who taught us about sex or didn't teach us about sex differently. And so what we end up doing is we end up coming into our marriage with these thoughts of what our marriage is going to be and how it's going to be different or how it's going to be better or whatever it might be than our parents. And we bring in this idea of what our sexual intimacy is going to be. The problem is neither Elisa nor I or you or your spouse has ESP. So you cannot read your spouse's mind and know what they envision to be this amazing sexual intimacy, right? And so what ends up happening is you have roadblocks. You know, it's your spouse, your husband making that advance, but you in your mind were called names that honestly turn you off. Mm. He does not know that. He does not know that. You know, so you got to explain that to him or her. I mean, we haven't even touched on one of the big things, sexual sexually molested. I mean, if you were molested as a child, at some point in age, raped. I mean, these incidences have a huge impact on how you act and react to your spouse. Mm-hmm. They do. And you cannot and you should not be shoving these things down, stuffing them away to never to be seen or heard of. I really do believe that when you are doing that, the devil is winning. You are pushing it so far away that God cannot get to you. And you got to get it out. You need to let your spouse know. You need to let a counselor or a therapist know. You need to have somebody there that you can confide in and let them know what's happening. And I truly believe if you are married and you're going through these issues, you're dealing with it with somebody who's in there in between you and your spouse so that you guys can work through these issues. They're huge. So I just want to bring that up because a lot of people don't want to talk about it. They don't. 
You know, a lot of people on the on air, they don't even want to talk about these issues. You know, but it happens. I mean, I was reading a story of some some businesswoman that I um I came across and I mean she says right there in her book. I mean, she was gang raped. And my gosh, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm reading this business book and here she is, she's talking about that and how it so impacted her life. You know? And until she was able to just give that up to God and work through that, was she then able to give herself wholly and fully to her husband? And now, having been able to do that, how she is free from it and how she and her spouse have such an amazing marriage. And that's that's the crux of it. That all of this stuff that we bring into our marriage is can keep us from experiencing true intimacy with our spouse. Mm-hmm. And, and if we don't make the effort to work through them, if, if we don't decide that, you know what? I, I said I do to this person in all circumstances. So that means that that all of me, I, I need to share that with them. So, you know, all that baggage, you got to unpack it for your spouse. And, you know, if you're the one on the receiving end of all this information, you've got to love your spouse in this moment. If they are choosing to be vulnerable to you, you've got to honor that vulnerability. Because like we've told you guys before, and we'll tell you many, many more times in the future, your marriage should be the safest place for you. The safest place for you to share those dark times to share what has gone on to share the pain because when you find someone that you can fully be yourself with that you can unpack your baggage and say you know what this is what has happened to me this is why I feel this way this is what somebody told me this is what somebody did to me and it's ugly and I really don't want to share it with you but if we're going to have a future I have to share it with you And when you are loved in that moment, then you're going to start to see a marriage, a relationship like you have never seen before. Because it's it's what we've shared about taking off the masks. Yeah. And and it allows you to, to get past what's in your past. You're not going to forget it, but it's going to have diminished importance. Because you are now putting yourself in a relationship that is healthy, that is building you up instead of tearing you down. And when you find that, that's when the fireworks start to happen. When you can have the conversations with your spouse about, yeah, well, you know what? I, you know, I mean, you heard Tony, don't get her pregnant. Okay. I mean, probably the first time he heard that, he's like, I don't even know what I'm doing to get her pregnant, but okay, don't get her pregnant. Got it. Yep. You know, and, and me being taught by a nun who, you know, has never had sex about sex. And it's like, okay, my brain can't really figure that out. Like, why don't we have married people teaching us in Catholic school about sex? Um, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm, you know, in college and I'm trying, you know, it's like trying to figure that all out. And, you know, and all of a sudden I'm now I find myself, mar- you know, a few years later I find myself married. And I'm like, I still don't even know what I'm doing. But we put ourselves in a position, uh, you know, it took us a while 
It took us many years to unpack our baggage. Mm -hmm. But we did. And so for those of you that are wondering, you know what, can I unpack this? Can I, can I share with my spouse? You know, I hope that you find some hope in the fact that in spite of the early years of our marriage, we're talking like the first 10 years, folks. Yeah. 11 that we were working on this. Well, most of those years we weren't working on it. And it was year 11 that we started to. Okay. Look at that as a hope situation. We didn't give up at year, you know, we didn't end with the seven year itch. We didn't end with the 10 year. I don't know. People have started talking about 10 year as another one where, you know, and it's just starting to happen and people are starting to look elsewhere. We didn't because ultimately we'd made a decision that this was our marriage. You know, that this, this was it. So we were going to have to figure that out. And that's what I encourage you guys to do, to figure out how to start having those conversations to sit down with your spouse and say, you know, we just need to talk about it. I know that this has kind of become a sticky point in our marriage. For those of you that are thinking about getting married, maybe you're engaged and you haven't had these conversations with your spouse or spouse-to-be, um, it's never too early. If you're engaged, it's not too early to start having these conversations. Um, and I want to read something real quick. So on, uh, let me see, One Extraordinary Marriage on Facebook, I posted up something, oh, August 13th I did. And it says, all communication problems are due to the reason that we do not listen to understand. We listen only to reply. So did you hear that? We do not listen to understand. We listen only to reply. And it's during these big talks. I mean, these are, to me, these are state of your marriage conversations. We're talking about how we learned about the birds and the bees and how names or labels were put upon us that are hindering us from having the sexual intimacy we desire. These are times when you need to listen to understand, not to reply. These are times when you just need to listen to your spouse, you know, hold their hand, let them know they're there for you, that tears may flow, that you're just there to understand where they're coming from because it's times like these when you really unpack some of this baggage and you're really connecting emotionally in that emotional intimacy that it really starts to explode for you because that's where a lot of it's at folks you know when we can really dive into the emotional intimacy of what is going on and we don't have to hide behind these masks. We don't have to just, you know, put the walls up. That we know we're safe. That we know that we can trust somebody. There's an amazing connection that happens between two people when you've connected with your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's when you can truly communicate what you've been through and what you're feeling and you're able to verbalize that and have the other person actually listen to understand you and not be there trying to fix it or solve it or, or just, you know, come back with the next quick. Yes. Well, I see that, but what about, you know, 
response then all of a sudden and mm-hmm. you, I mean, you guys know when you first meet someone and you know you first start dating your spouse and you would have those marathon conversations maybe you didn't we did i mean i cannot t- this was you know pre-cell phone plans we spent hours on the phone hours because we were long distance after the first 10 weeks and you know what i got to know tony pretty well because i had to listen to his words i had to listen to you know if he was having a good day or if he was having a bad day you know all i had was his voice over the phone Mm -hmm. and so there was a really strong connection there that still took 10 years (laughs) to work through some of the junk in our trunk yep yeah and so i mean just just think about this folks i mean really think about how you were taught about sex and just really unpack it for yourself you know for for nobody else but for you in whatever way that works go after it i would challenge you for those of you who are really struggling with this right now because you just feel that those years just are still lingering are still holding on to you. They're chained to you and they are just pulling you back. I would challenge you to write down all those emotions, all those feelings, all those words, everything that has happened. Write them down. Let them sit there. Read them. Crumple up that piece of paper. Go find yourself a barbecue pit and light that thing on fire. Light it on fire. Just get rid of it. It's gone. You know? Why are you laughing there, honey? I'm laughing because if there's anyone listening to this podcast that went through confirmation class preparation with me, um, it would have been seventh or eighth grade. I can't remember now. But one of the things we had to do was we had to burn a letter that we'd received from our parents. Really? Yeah. And it stirred huge controversy. And so like all of a sudden I'm having a flashback to letters being... So any of you from Our Lady of Peace, uh, if you are listening right now, I'm just having a flashback. I can see Mrs. Karras telling us that we had to burn our letters and I can see a few of you um, in protest and you guys are my heroes for not burning your letters. So just totally random aside, those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, thank you for just giving me my moment. Mm-hmm. Giving her her moment. That's all right. But for those of you like myself who didn't go <laughs> through confirmation and have to burn our parents' letter... I really do think sometimes we got to take a stand for ourselves and you got to just get it out there. You have to please don't come up to the edge of the door and not take the step through it. The only person you're hurting is yourself. You know, then yeah, your spouse too, because you're married, you know, They're sitting there going, I want you. I want you fully. Please let go of it. And you can do it. I know you can. With Christ by your side, each and every day, you can do it. You keep taking that step forward. And it may be only a half a step. Hey, I've been there. I've taken half a steps, you know. And I just keep taking them. And yes, life is going to come 
and it's going to give you something else and it's going to give you a curveball and you're going to zig a little bit and he's going to zag or she's going to zig and something's it's going to happen but you know what when it comes to wiping away the past everything you were taught about what sex is and was it's done you are in a marriage with your spouse enjoy it love on each other learn about each other learn about yourself yeah i mean it's you have no time to spare on this because every minute that goes by that you don't address this with your spouse every day that goes by where things are getting shoved under the rug and not discussed it's it's another day or another minute that takes you away from the life that you want to live. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I look back at the first 10, 11 years of our marriage and I'm like, whoa, what would it have been like if we had unpacked some of this stuff early? If we had been equipped, if somebody had said, you know what, you guys need to sit down and talk about this stuff. You know, if we had been listening to this podcast, you know, in our first couple of years of marriage, I mean, we're, we actually are so old that we're pre-podcast. Um, but, you know, it could have happened. But if somebody had said, you know what, you just, just need to, like, like, have you ever talked about, you know, how you learned about sex? Or, I mean, it would have never crossed our minds. We didn't know that what we knew was impacting us. Yeah. We wasted a lot of time being stuck in that space. I, I don't want you guys to waste that time. And when I don't either. And one thing I will tell you and Elisa will agree upon is that every time we've had our seven days of sex challenge, there has been a couple that has come to us and said, you know what? I was stuck because of what I was told over and over again before I got married. And it was very difficult for us to flip that switch and have the sexual intimacy we desired. But by having the seven days of sex, that changed us. We had a focus, we had a plan, and we were able to grow together through that. So if you are interested in doing your own seven days of sex challenge, go to seven days of and you can pick up our book, the seven days of sex challenge, and it'll walk you through each of those seven days so that you can have an amazing time together. And it's set up for you and planned out for you. So that you can have those seven days learning, talking, getting into each other emotionally, physically, sexually, and coming out the end with a new light, a new life on your sexual intimacy. So with that, man, heavy, but good. We want to hear from you guys. So info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com gives it right to us. You can also go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Please comment on this. Share this with your friends and your family. Impact a life. We love you. Have yourselves a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week.